0: i Don't you setting son
1: Let us talk
0: of all his wondrous love and care Then when all of life is over And our work on earth is done And the roll is called Yonder I'll be there When the roll
2: What a peace in the heart if you can sing that song and know that it's true about you. When the roll is called up yonder, will you be there? Well, what are you, or who are you trusting in for that to be so? If you're trusting in the good works that you're working, you're going to be disappointed. And you're going to be like the five virgins who had no oil in their lamps.
1: Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 15. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Amen. Thank you, Brother Gene. Alright, let's turn back to our
2: beginning text this morning, which was in the book of Ephesians. Brother Gene read for us verses 15 through 23 in chapter 1. We'll notice a few things here. And then... Lord willing, we'll move over to chapter 2. We praise the Lord for the opportunity to stand before you and to break this bread of life that He has given us. We only trust in Him. Don't trust in me. You will be disappointed. But trust in Him and He will never disappoint. Rely on Him. Ask the Lord to open His Word up to us. It is spiritual food to those who are spiritually alive, isn't it? It is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The old, old story. I love to tell the old, old story of Jesus and his glory. Not a perverted story or a changed story or a man-made account or story. No, the old, old story. And there's only one gospel, remember? The old, old story. I love to tell it. God has called us to tell it, hasn't he? All right. So we're in Ephesians chapter 1. Let's notice some of the things that Paul says here, that Brother Jane read for us. He said, He ceases not, verse 16, to give thanks for them, For us, making mention of us and them in my prayers, he says. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may do something for you. Let's notice that he's asking the Lord to do something, and this on a regular basis, for his children, God's children, the brethren, the sisters. And that something is, that the Father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Do you know the Lord this morning? If you do, well, you can, you can shout hallelujahs to God because He, in answer to Paul's prayer and many others' prayers, has revealed Himself unto you. You see, it's His glory I love to tell the story of Jesus and His glory. He receives all the glory because He deserves all the glory. Because He lived the perfect life and He did it in your place. The Wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of what? Him. You see, we were unable to see Him. We had blinders over our eyes. We were born that way. We couldn't see him, but he opened our eyes like the blind man that he healed and gave sight to. Mm -hmm. Remember how he did it? He spit on the ground, didn't he? He spit on the ground and made clay. Jesus was the same one who created Adam and Eve out of what? Out of the ground. It was Him. He was present on this earth. And He healed the blind in this way for a reason. I believe to show that He was the Creator. Absolutely, He could restore if He created. Amen. Verse 18 says, and this is uh, what Paul's praying for, that the, Lord of our, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, verse 17, the Father of glory, may give you the Spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. You see, it's a spirit. It's a presence. It's a life that He gives you. Oh, we need to go over that and over it. It's not just something that you learn or something that somebody tells you and you read about and you believe. It's more than that. It's life that He gives you. It's a spirit. Without your spirit, your body doesn't move or do anything. Why? It's separated from life. It's dead. Oh, but with the Spirit, you live physically and spiritually. When He gives us in answer to this prayer, His Spirit, He's given us life. A life that we didn't have or didn't know or didn't understand or didn't desire. Isn't that amazing that God is in control of even that? Mm -hmm. Let me tell you, you wouldn't have a hold of it if he wasn't. Why? Because the natural man cannot see God. The eyes of your understanding, verse 18, natural man cannot see God. But in verse 18... Paul's praying for the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened. Enlightened. In other words, we walk in darkness without Him, don't we? He is the light. Light has come into the world. But the darkness comprehended it not. And that is a depiction of Jesus Christ. His own people. Didn't recognize him and didn't want him and rejected him. Verse 18. That the eyes of your understanding be enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. You see, he calls us unto this life, doesn't he? Lazarus was dead, wasn't he? Even his sister said, Lord, don't open that tomb. He's been in there four days. You better hold your nose. This is a reality. He was dead for four days. He stinks, he said. But Jesus knew. He knew all about Lazarus' condition and Lazarus' state of life at that point. He tarried for a reason. He said, "I, oh, he, he just sleeps. And I said, Well, if he sleeps, that's great. He said, No, not like that. Lazarus is dead. But he waited to show the glory of his power to raise the dead. It's that kind of power that gives you this faith in him. It's real, it's living. Oh, what a connection. Jesus has made when he died for you on the cross of Calvary. You are now welcomed into the family of God. Now that wall of separation, the wall of petition is gone. You have access to Jesus Christ directly. He's yours. And you're his. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. When he calls you He gives you this faith in His promises. And it's a hope. A solid hope. One that you will not be disappointed in. He will never disappoint as you trust in Him. The hope of His calling and what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. You see, we've been grafted in to the family of God. And we will inherit this eternal life with our elder brother, our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. All right. Verse 22 said, And he hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. That's you and that's me, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth. all in all, all right. We're going to move over to chapter two, and I I just can't read anything in chapter two without reading verse one. And you, hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin? Praise the Lord, Lazarus was sure enough dead. The Lord tarried to make that point four days. He had been without life he was completely dead or completely separated from life. Let me tell you that Lazarus is a picture of you and of me. Without Jesus Christ, we were completely separated from spiritual life, completely separated from God with no ability to connect with him. Now, Let's move down to verse 5. Verse 4 says, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, its unmerited favor, by which you are saved. By grace ye are saved. He hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Why? That in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith. Faith in what? Faith in the only and original gospel of Jesus Christ faith that he hung on the cross for you. Not just for some smart people. Not for, and that's a good thing. Not just for some people who try harder. No. Or based by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Amen. It is free. It is free. But it wasn't free. Jesus paid a great and terrible price for you. Because he's always loved you. Salvation, he points out in verse 9, is not of works. Because you would boast if it was. I would feel like I was really something else if it was accredited to me. But it's not, you see. Verse 10 says, For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. We were unable to do good works. We couldn't even see God as He is. We couldn't even see ourselves as we are without the enlightenment when He quickened us. Look it up. That word quicken means make, to make alive. For we are his workmanship, verse 10, Ephesians chapter 2, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. This new life that you have, the Lord explained it to Nicodemus, didn't he? He said, you must be born of the Spirit after you've been born of the water. You're a person. God created you in Adam. Now you must be born again of the Spirit, which God hath before Ordained that we should walk in them. You see, God has a plan for you. He didn't wait to see what kind of person you were so that He could decide the plan around your desires. No, this God, like this gospel, has never changed, nor will He ever. He's always been holy, righteous, and good. His word is perfect and forever, the psalmist said, it is settled in heaven. The scripture is always right, and it's always right for you and for me. Praise God if you know that today. Which God hath before ordained that we walk, should walk, in them. In what? In these good works. You see, God not only has a a plan for your life, But God had and has and works out a perfect plan for your life. As you trust in Him, He directs you. How do we do good works as described in the Bible? Spiritually good works. Where is goodness found? I remember when I was a little kid, and I don't know why this came to my mind, but it did. Uh, I was thinking of something to express myself with that I wouldn't get in trouble with around my dad. You had to be careful of what you said around my dad because he, he didn't play, did he, Brother Chuck. <laughs> and so I came up with this word, that I uh, this expression that I heard somewhere. Well, my goodness. And I said that to my dad one day, and he said, what? I said, oh, my goodness, he goes, "Who who is good? Are you good? And I'm like, no, sir. <laughs> well, who is? Well, God is. Well, are you taking his name in vain? I'm like, no, sir, I don't think so. And he goes, well, I think maybe you need to think about that. So I didn't say my goodness anymore in front of him. He, he was a stickler, wasn't he? But he knew this book. He knew this book. All right. We are ordained that we should walk in these good works. So, I said that to say this. What are good works? How, when, and where can we do them? Well, in and of ourselves, if we're separated from God naturally, which we are, our natural hearts are desperately wicked. Who can know them? We can't even control the own desires of our heart, can't we, in and of ourselves? Oh, but we're able to do good works, spiritually good works, when we're standing on the rock of Jesus Christ, when we are walking according to His life's directions that He's given us, this book is right, and it's right for you. See, that's the thing that this natural uh, mentality wants to uh, poison us with. Is well, I can see it's right for these people that were raised like this, or these people who you know do this for a living. This Bible is right for you if you're a human being on this earth. It's right for you. It's meant for you. We are able to do good when we walk in the way of Jesus Christ. In Romans, we're told that we are conformed, being conformed to the image of the Son of God. That's a change That God brings about. Do we have to change ourselves? We do. But what brings the desire to change for Him in the first place? Well, it's that connection instead of that separation that we lived in and experienced before He saved us. This faith never, ever leaves us. Why is that? Why does the shepherd never lose any sheep? Well, in verse 13 of chapter 1, we see why, don't we? Paul says in verse 13 of Ephesians chapter 1, In whom ye also trusted. After something happened. After you heard the word of truth. That's that one gospel that doesn't change. Yes, men want to change it so they feel better about themselves. But then it's a perverted gospel. There is no new story about Jesus Christ. The true story is found right here and it hasn't changed. In whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also after that you believed after you believed, God put the desire of Him in your heart and you believed that He actually died for you on that cross. After that, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Let me tell you, when the Holy Spirit seals you in Jesus Christ, there's no separating you from Him. Do we wonder? Yes, we wander? Yes, we do. Why? Because we still have this other nature within us. But that's not forever. In fact, that's not for long. This life is like a vapor that soon vanishes away, isn't it? So we are sealed just like God sealed Noah and his seven descendants in the ark. Nothing could touch them. The water of destruction could not get to them. Why? Because God shut them in, you see. God has done that for you. He has shut you in, Jesus Christ. You are sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. What confidence we can have as we stand Paul said over here in Ephesians 6, I think it is, talking about standing, he said, having done all to stand, therefore, all to stand, stand therefore, and he explained to us how to do it. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about, having your feet shod, having the shield of faith, having the helmet of salvation, having the sword of spirit, which is the word of God. You see, we're dressed with the armor that he provides. We're trusting in the way of life that he describes. Oh, what a Savior. Mm -hmm. He's provided all that you need. Mm -hmm. Once you put all your faith in Him, there is none other by which you must be saved. Only Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior.